Would you please turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Hosea? Would you please stand with me as we read verses 14 through 23 from chapter 2 of Hosea, please? Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her her vineyards from thence and the valley of Acre for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Asha, and shalt call me no more Baal. For I will take away the names of Baal out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. And in that day will I make a covenant for them with the beast of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with the creeping things of the ground and I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth and will make them to lie down safely. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. And I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. And the earth shall hear the corn, and the wine, and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel. And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that hath not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Please be seated. Thank you so much. Last Sunday, we tried to talk about God's upside-down love. And today, I want to talk about God's inside-out love. As we deal with the theme of shapes of love, actually, I don't think you can define love, not God's love. You go down to the ocean and you can see the beginning of it, but you sure can't see the end of it. I mean, God's love is deep and strong, wide. It has not any influence. It begins in himself, right on the inside of God is love. I don't know what to say really about his inside-out love to really understand it like I want you to know with me. But I got a rather suspicion that you know about this kind of love. Or you have been saved by God's inside-out love. You know, this, this morning I told my wife, I'm I, I kind of ashamed to tell you, coming from me, trying to be a preacher. I know I ought to be more proper than I do, but I, I was studying yesterday afternoon, and I said, nobody was home but me. And I said, you know, I... I'm going to wear my coat inside out tomorrow at church. And I went in there in the closet and got one of my coats, this very one. I turned it inside out and I put it on. I said, man, that looks so crazy. I mentioned that to Penny this morning and she said, Randy, please do not do that. <laughs> I really thank God for my wife. 
But here's the deal, as elementary and childish as that may sound, we need to think about God's inside-out love in that way. Because you know what? If I had my code inside-out, it would not impress you. You would say, what in the world is wrong with that guy? I'm going to tell you what you would see, though. You would see the tag on whose coat that was and where it was made. You would see instructions on how to clean it and take care of it. And when God deals with a Christian, and sometimes he turns us inside out, because that's what it takes to really understand whose you are and to understand what it really makes a difference in your life of what forgiveness means and how you clean your soul before God and how God has cleaned your life eternally and how we need that daily. No, it wouldn't be uh, kosher or fashionable. But I really believe that if we understood in just a measure of glimpse more than we do God's love, we would be a more spiritual people. I'm going to tell you, the book of Hosea is about God's inside-out love. It is parabolic in the sense that Hosea is a God. Gomer, his wife, is the church, is Israel, really. And as we see this inside-out love, we see what is going to world, how can God love somebody that is so unfaithful as Gomer? I mean, even the angels had to shake their head. But you know, family love is like that. It's harder to love people sometimes that you're closest to than it is somebody that you hardly know. Uh, Gosh, I could read so many places in this book. I want to try to say three things about God's inside-out love, and I want to bring some points from Hosea, both from our text in a little while through the book in other places. But what I want to say is this. Number one is, inside love hurts. It's the hurting kind. We need to understand that not only when we sin do we break God's law, we break God's heart. How do you feel about breaking God's heart? The one that died with, for you on the cross. I know it breaks mine. And I'll bet it breaks yours too. And number two, I want us to see that inside love hopes. No matter how far you go, no matter how far someone you know goes from God, it's never so far that it's not within the reach of God's inside-out love. When the world hates you, God will love you inside out. And then lastly, just a third point I want to try to make is inside-out love hangs in there. 
That's God's love. Now see, I want, let's look at the, a few verses here. I read you the, the forgiving part of this inside-out love. But what's amazing and what turns it inside-out is what it all started, how can God love someone that does not love him? Look at verse 2 of chapter 1 of Hosea, if you've got your books open. It says there, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms, a child and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. How shocking that God would tell Hosea to go marry a prostitute. Hosea was a clean-cut prophet who would have no idea that that's what God wanted him to do. But when the word of God came to Hosea, it changed his life. He saw that word as speaking only to him. Have you understood God's word like that? I'm not up here trying to just do a sermon. I've already said preachers are a dime a dozen. You can get sermons on the internet, but you can only get God's word from God. Okay? And God's word will turn you inside out. God's word will cause us when we pray, we don't know what to say, but we have a spirit within us with groanings that we can't even utter. That's what God said to do, go marry. Hosea did it. And so notice God is making the analogy because this woman has departed from the Lord. Israel had departed from the Lord. I have departed from the Lord. You have departed from the Lord. But we come to understand that that's the same thing as being a prostitute. That's the same thing as worshiping an idol. Anything in your life or mine that you just don't think you can do without other than God is an idol. If that, whatever it is, is taken away from you and you just lose all your joy. Now, I'm not talking about grief and loss of loved ones necessarily or health and things, but for the most part of life, if something else is feeding you, It's bringing you comfort. It's giving you the pleasures of life except God, then you be careful. Because when we go after those idols, we forget God. Now here's the deal. God's love hurts. So what we have in Hosea, we have have the wrath of God. Holy wrath 
a broken heart from God. And yet we have the compassion of bringing her back, of bringing us back. It is a divine love-hate relationship. Sometimes the people that we love the most are the people we hurt the most. And that's what's happening here. It's inside-out love. But a wound, I'm not a a medical person, but I understand that a wound heals best from the inside out. That's where the healing starts. So when we have wounds, when we have departed from God, when we have hurt that, that maybe not as sin-oriented or instigated, but life hurts, a clean wound will heal. But it heals from the inside out. Hosea was a prophet that wore his heart on his sleeve. I think we'd be better off to do that than try to be so stoic and and, and so religious and hide ourselves of the real person that we are because there's a lot of hearts that are breaking in the world today. There's a lot of Christians that are not serving God because maybe there's somebody in their family or something has been done in their life that has wounded them. Can you imagine Hosea? I mean, how can I keep preaching, he might say, if I'm going to be married to a prostitute. (laughs) And then she has children by various men. But Hosea was called to love them. See, grief is a price you pay for love. But it's worth it. So love is the kind of love that we see, the inside-out love, is like this. It's love that won't let us go. It's love that won't let us down, but it's love that will not let us off either. See, what we're going to see in Hosea, I have time to get, is Israel today, is in the third day of the, of the 3,000 years where Hosea prophesied that they shall die in two days and the third day I will raise thee up. So God is going to bring Israel back. You got a glimpse of that just from this text. Right now though, they are blinded. Why? Because of disobedience. Because when you turn away from God, You are walking in darkness. So we see that inside out love hurts. Number two, inside out love has hope. In verse 14 of our text, the text says, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. That is the hurt. 
your hurts manifest the need of God in your life, or you're hurting, then there's hope. There's hope for hurt because Jesus hurt. Do you not think God loved Jesus? <laughs> he said, this is my only begotten son. Hear ye him. I'm so pleased with him. Yet Jesus came with inside-out love. He came to suffer and hurt and to be rejected. And you and I will face the same deal. But the only way we're going to be able to see the dawn of the hope of life is understanding that we have to face the darkness. Here we see in verse 15, And I will give her her vineyards from thence in the valley of Acre, for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. See, we have hope because we have a Savior. Hosea's name is very much alike the name of Jesus in meaning. It means salvation. It means deliverer. Jesus came not to call the righteous, the churchy. He came to call sinners to repentance. He came because he was going to, by that repentance, manifest inside-out love. We have to get the inside out. Because God says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Inside out love, inside out love hopes. You remember the story of the prodigal in Luke 15. He decided that he wanted to do it his own deal. It's about like Israel. It's about like us. So God lets him go, but, but the inside-out love came out. It came out when he come to the end of himself. And the grace of God showed him the love of a father that had no reason to love him. You know, just because we don't feel we deserve the mercy of God doesn't mean we don't have it. Because hurt, misery, awakens mercy. And we need to understand our desperate need of God. The government is not going to fix our world. God says in this book of Hosea, my people die for the lack of knowledge. Our country today studies ignorance. Majors in ignorance, seems like. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. But Israel said, no, I want, I want the world. I want what the devil wants me to have. That prodigal came back. 
That father manifests inside-out love. See, what's so amazing about Gomer, Hosea? This woman continued to be unfaithful. It broke Hosea's heart, but he never stopped loving her. In fact, she got such a situation that she was sold by one of her lovers. And she was put on the slave block, and and Hosea buys her back. If that's not Jesus, I don't know what is. He paid the redemption price for sinners like us. Because anything in life that we love more than God, if we're going to serve idols and serve the situations of life, it's no different than being as an unfaithful wife. But it's not without hope. Now you try to understand this. You're going to have to go to God. And God will take you to the cross. Because the cross of Calvary is the only place we're going to be able to embrace the inside out love of God. If you're going to have hope, It's going to have to be in God, not things that you think make you feel good. You know, when this Hosea purchased Gomer, he turned the Hebrew law inside out. In Deuteronomy 22, the Bible says that that if a wife was unfaithful to her husband, and went with somebody else, that person, whoever she went with, had to purchase her. She became his wife. Hosea turns that inside out. (laughs) And he says, no, I'm going to buy you back. And I'm going to bring you into my house, and I'm going to take care of you. Even though he put her on probation, he did it. He loved her. It was inside out love. Number three, inside out love hangs in there. Look at Hosea 11 verse 8. I mean, if you study the book of Hosea, if you read it, what you're going to see is all this begging, all this begging. This woman never did come back. I mean, you think about the gospel today. Have we seen the deal of knowing the desperate need that we have as a Christian, as God's church, to come to him and acknowledge our need of him? To confess our sins, to trust him with all our heart. Let me say this. I read this this morning. This is from Jonathan Edwards, a great theologian. He says this, I have been before God and have given myself all that I am and have to God so that I am not in any respect my own. I can challenge no right in my understanding. This will, these affections which are in me, nevertheless I have any, I have any right, neither have any right rather to this body or any of its members, no right to this tongue, these hands, these feet, no right to those 
senses, these eyes, these ears, this smell, and this taste. I have given myself clear away and have not retained anything as my own. Now, I think about that because that's where we need to come and we only get there by God's grace. But when you're going through trouble and you're in the wilderness of life and you get to the dark days, always know that God is with you. He is the door of hope. Open the door. Jesus is the door. He's the only way to God. He's the only way to find the light and the lessons that he gives us to love him. It always hangs in there. Verse 8, I hadn't read it yet. Let me do it now. 11, Hosea. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? This is God in type. How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zebulun? He said, how shall I give you like I do to you like I did to Sodom and Gomorrah, destroy you? Mine heart is turned within me. You see, the sins that we commit turns the heart of God inside out. We get a glimpse of that as parents. When our children, and we've done the same to our parents. It's heart, heartbreak. My repentings are kindled together. In verse 9, I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. So what does God do? It hangs in there. But I mean love, inside out love, that's what it does. See, this is a God of covenant. Of a covenant that was one-sided that God did when he put Abraham asleep and he walked between those two halves of heifers indicating that, that God was responsible to both sides. And I hope you got a glimpse of this in the verses, latter verses of our text. God's going to bring these people back. He said, they're going to be my people. I'm going to be their God. That's a new covenant. That's the inside-out love because God writes that on your heart. Conversion is, is inside-out love. Peter loved Jesus, but Peter denied the Lord. And Jesus loved Peter. And Peter wept. And his inside-out love came out. And God forgave him and restored him. And Jesus told the adulterous woman, where, are, where woman is your accusers? And they said, Lord, I don't know. They're not here. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Mary Magdalene in Luke 7 was a woman that was cast seven devils out by Jesus. She never got over it. That inside love was just kept bubbling and she followed him right to the cross in the tomb. And Jesus used her inside-out love and said, to whom much is forgiven, loves much. Inside-out love hangs in there. You know, I remember my mom. I don't know why I called mama this morning. But my daddy was a hard man to live with at times. But I remember mom was in the hospital once 
Everywhere we'd take my mama, she never did get out much. I'd take her on vacation. She always thinking about daddy. No matter what he was doing. What is he doing, you know? She couldn't really enjoy it. So one day in the hospital, I said, Mama, why don't you just let Daddy alone? He said, he's okay. You don't need to be worried about it. I still remember her words. She said, Randy, you haven't lived with him for 50 years. See, that's inside-out love. That's the love that hangs in there. Because I'm going to tell you, God is not going to let you go. I'm going to tell you why, and that's what happens here. The truth will make you free, but the truth will fence you in. You hear me? God has constraining love. 2 Corinthians 5. What does that mean? How does God change the characteristic of this woman, this unfaithful woman? He does it by His grace, His Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit of God gets in you and our life, it changes us. I don't understand it. But it's all up to God. May the Lord help us. What can we do? We can love Him more and more. We can hate sin more and more. We can appreciate God's grace in our life. Because see this? When we can see God's grace and we understand it's from God, the hardest places of our life can be the softest spots. It can be the wilderness. You're having trouble today. Your heart is broken. That, my friends, is the door of hope that God says, I'm going to bring you through the wilderness. I'm going to give you the valley of Acre. That's the valley Achan was stoned in, if you remember the Old Testament, because of a sin of hiding from God. The greatest hope we can have is if you're willing to say, God, I want you to kill my sin. I don't want to sin anymore. Now, you're serious. You've got to be serious with it because you will never live till you die. You will never laugh till you cry. You've got to get serious with God in that sense, and God has given you that spirit. You won't do it humanly. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Now, Israel haven't got there yet, but there's a day coming. Here's what God does. There's a great day of tribulation coming. God can shake us. But he's a wonderful heavenly father. His inside out love will not let us go. But it will not let us off. God is pursuing you in those dark times. You understand this. That he does it because he loves you. And he'll continue to love you. Because he loved you before the foundation of the world. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joy of of understanding there's hope. And that even in the darkness and the struggles that we face, because of the inside love that you give us, 
We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We can be in hard places, God, and we often are, but this inner person that within us that you have redeemed and that your spirit is there, Lord, strengthens us. We are renewed in the inner man. That's a wonderful, powerful explanation of how we can face our life in the midst of a sin-cursed world. I pray, O oh Lord, that your redeeming, redeeming, faithful love would be manifest to everyone here and to everyone there. And that we'd be willing, O oh Lord, to wear your righteous robe inside out to show the tag, O oh God, of whose we really are. That we do need cleansing and how it is all done most effectively. Thank you, God, that we don't have to be fashionable to please you. Thank you, God, for knowing our hearts. Help us to know our hearts better. Search us and try us and see, oh God, if there's some unclean way in us. And if there are, Lord, show it to us and help us kill it. Because the only way we're going to be glad is to get rid of the bad in our life. And you are the remedy for that, Heavenly Father. Bless your holy name. We started singing, Thou art worthy. And we close testifying of your word, worthy love to unworthy sinners like us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.